everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Low Code Approach. I'm Sean Feeney. And I'm Wendy Haddad. And I'm Ken Aguilar. And we are the life of the party. Uh, so we've got a new episode. It's going to be a, an interesting thought experiment we're going to put out there where we're going to discuss things that we've overheard in conversations around low code, maybe some misconceptions, maybe some myths around it, or just general questions that we've been asked. And so we want to pose the questions to the three of us and get what our thoughts are on these different things. So I think the first person to ask a question is going to be Ken. Things that I've heard. Power Platform is not scalable for enterprise level solutions. I would call that the biggest myth, misconception or whatnot that I have heard in quite some time. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think when people first come across just low code in general and they're building out solutions, it's so accessible that you can really build out like proof of concept solutions and you can bring them to production very, very quickly. But when architect solution architects look at it, maybe it doesn't pass the enterprise level sniff test at first, but that's because maybe governance strategies need to be put in place like application lifecycle management and other features need to be enabled in your organization to make them enterprise and scalable. But I think that if it's your first time getting into low code type solutions, you're gonna come across and build some really like quick win solutions that I it, it makes sense, right? Like personal productivity solutions, but uh, scalable solutions are definitely not off the table because you can build both things and both things are perfectly fine. Well, what are you hearing, Wendy? You know, it's interesting. I We actually have rolled out some enterprise-wide solutions at, at major customers uh, recently, and that could be in Power Virtual Agents, for example. We, we have some power apps that are are more broadly open. You know, I think a source, if I can go out on a, a one little bit on this, is I think a source of this question is when people often get first exposed to the Power Platform, they're often exposed through the personal productivity kind of lens, right? Oh, this popped up in SharePoint, or now it's in Teams, or maybe small team productivity. But And they, they might build something off of a SharePoint list, which may or may not be able to scale the full way. And so I think that oftentimes it's looking at it a little bit broader looking at how Power Platform integrates with Dataverse, which is built for enter, you know, enterprise scalability, looking at it from the integration with Azure and, and some of the robust systems there, and really looking at Power Platform, both as that layer on top of the scalable infrastructure, but also looking at the Power Platform as that connector, right, to all of your other data sources as well. I have many thoughts, but I will only give two quick examples. So first of is that what I've seen even in my former life um, and I've seen other customers doing is they use Power Platform to extend their own high investment systems. So let's take SAP, for example, instead of investing heavily to customize and extend SAP and fit their organization, what they'll choose to do is use Power Platform and hook into the SAP APIs because mm -hmm. it's a lower cost to entry there, right? So. We all know that some of these larger systems, right, such as the one that I mentioned, can be very costly to implement. There's one customer who shall remain nameless. Um, I know that they spent over a billion dollars investing in their SAP implementation. Billion would be y'all, not million. B. Maybe if they would have chosen a different way, and then again, their solution is highly customized. 
And if they would have went a different way, they could have looked at, you know, introducing some cost savings. Secondly, speaking of cost savings, I'd say that, um, Sean, you touched on it earlier, that it can be great for rapid development and prototyping. Um, there's one example where I remember this customer I was speaking with, and they were looking at building a solution out inside of a full stack development platform for mobile devices. And that was going to cost them about a quarter of a million dollars over 12 to 18 months of development time. Instead, they chose to use Power Platform and had, believe it or not, a citizen developer work with the business to gather requirements and so on. And that solution was built in two weeks. And then, of course, they continue to iterate on it and so on. So, Wendy, what are some things that, you know, maybe you've heard? Well, and I've even been working, I do a lot of training and I do a lot of work with customers. And so one of the things that I've heard a lot is, especially developers, like pro devs will come and be like, oh, this is just for the citizen developers. It's not really for me, right? So we know that there's a lot of extensibility of the power platform, but I'm, I'm curious how you'd answer someone who comes to you with that question. Firmly and with a very stern face, I would say you're wrong. <laughs> Exactly what I would do. Honestly, you know, the platform is for everyone. I don't particularly think that it's for citizen, it's for professional, it's for hybrid. I mean, quite frankly, this is a true story. We have 12 year olds that are using this. Like the youngest person that I know of that is actually certified as a power platform developer. I won't say your name, but you know who you are. You're 12 years old. You're, you're based out of India and you're brilliant. He's just absolutely wonderful. Like I expect great things from this young man. And if a 12 year old can do it, or even a 70 year old, right? From a citizen development side, think about somebody who is a professional code developer and what they could do with this platform, right? So instead of saying, oh, this is not something that you should be using, why don't you investigate and look at how you can extend your tool set Look at how this can be used to shorten your development time. Use it. Look at how this can be, you know, make you more productive in those ways. I think um, lastly, I'll say one other thing. With the introduction of AI and things along those lines, I mean, you can get an app built in like five to 10 minutes and then just quickly start iterating on it, you know, customizing and making it look quote unquote pretty. There's plenty of things that you can do with this. Sean, what, what would you say to that? I 110% agree on low code. If you're a professional developer, low code should be another tool set for you to, to exercise in the applications you build. I can speak on some of the solutions I've built out pro code wise, where I've offloaded work to low code solutions instead of having to build it into the actual application itself. And it saved a ton of time. I mean, just building workflows around it has been such a benefit for actually bringing things to production much faster. And you'll see too how low code can be embedded into a lot of the enterprise apps that maybe we touched on before too, uh, and become a crucial part of an overall process for organizations. And the other thing too is like, I know we, harp on a particular audience using the tool set, but don't think of it as just like, Hey, I'm going to use this tool set because I'm a developer and I'm going to build solutions with this. Think about going back to personal productivity. What can I do with low code to make my life better and my job better? Right. If you think about approval workflows for, you know, new projects you're kicking off or for resource management or things like that, 
it you don't have to reinvent the wheel in levels of greatness with the things that you're building out, but it can be really a, a excellent way of introducing yourself into low code and incorporating that into your everyday work. And then after that, put it into your larger scale product or projects. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really great. And I'll just add one one thing to that as well. I think both from working with companies doing this, but also having been a customer previously is the power and the speed of iteration that you can do with low code and changes quickly. And when you take the, you know, let's say scrub methodology and sprints and some of the structure around the pro dev space, and you bring that to low code, and now you add on fusion development, right? With, with the citizen developers as well, you can solve those business problems faster. And really, you know, some of the lifts, some of the design can be done by the subject matter experts themselves in, in iteration. I've done it right as a subject matter expert previously, but then tapping in the pro devs to come in and rather than pro devs having to build the entire solution and architect the entire thing, being able to work hand in hand and really only focus where they add the most value, right, to get over a hurdle. And I'll add one quick kind of success story here. Uh, again, the company in person will remain nameless, but I saw this play out where we had a, a citizen developer in HR who was building a, a career I'll say platform, if you will, with a variety of different services. And she was able to get pretty far, but ran into some blockers. And so we in IT were able to come in and just lift up that one specific aspect and now launch again, going back to our enterprise-wide solution, an enterprise-wide chatbot, right? To be able to provide some of that coaching and mentoring. And that was able to be turned around in a really short time frame. And so that speed of just developers coming in, not stuck in a backlog, just coming in quickly, helping and, and improving their development speed really adds to that power as well. No, that is awesome. I think you're, you're spot on with that take. And it really does bring a bunch of people together. I think we call that fusion development, right? Like to, to build these amazing solutions. So, hey, it's my turn. Talking about yeah. building out solutions and some, some common misconceptions on there. I can do this in SharePoint. Or like, why shouldn't I be using SharePoint to do this? I'm sure you've heard that before. What is your reply to that? The floor is open. Listen, <laughs> SharePoint is a phenomenal platform. It absolutely is. And in fact, I'd say, you know, even in my former life, and Wendy, like, this is why I wanted to go up and think a little bit maybe before you, because I do have a lot of positive mm -hmm. things to say about it. Although, you know, we may hear different stories from some of our customers or, you know, from Again, going back to the whole ODEM versus citizen dev personas and whatnot. But quite frankly, I think it's a wonderful application and a great place for you to start your journey. However, it does have limitations. And instead of perhaps starting with SharePoint, maybe look at starting with, say, Dataverse for Teams instead. You still have the capability of using things for like SharePoint for file storage and whatnot, but you have a much more structured way, right, to store your data and things along those lines. Plus, SharePoint, as you start to grow, it has limitations, which even to this day, as great as the platform is, you're going to be limited by maybe some of the API calls and things along those lines that we do. Common thing that I hear from customers is, hey, I've got over 5,000 items inside of my list. What, are, like, <laughs> some, something's going on with my app. That's okay. Why didn't you, why didn't you build it in Dataverse first? Like, it's there. Just, you know, use Dataverse. 
but I don't want to stay on my soapbox a whole a lot here. Again, I think it's a great place to start, but ultimately you're going to rapidly outgrow that and you should be using a more scalable part of the platform that is made especially for power platform and dynamics. And that is going to be Dataverse. What do you think, Wendy? Yeah, I have a little bit of maybe PTSD here. Of First of all, I'll say I love SharePoint and I have a soft spot for SharePoint. And I do believe there are cases where SharePoint is the right tool. But I'll maybe tell a little bit of a story that ties all three of these questions together where we had a problem in a, in a previous organization I worked in and I saw the, the need and really kind of just mocked out a potential solution and it never intended it to go anywhere just here's a quick app i threw together on a sharepoint list i was still newer to the power platform there and it never intended it to actually go into production or take off it took off and became like sharepoint the underlying platform until we started looking at oh we need to scale kind of scale broader in the organization and realizing we need to actually look at you know a, a platform and a back end that's really built for the power platform and built for scalability. So kind of tying to our previous question around scalability, you have to plan for that, right, as well. And so where I think that SharePoint can enable a lot of smaller teams, uh, enable smaller use cases, there is a point when it cannot scale. And so deciding that upfront of what you're going to build and is it ever intended to scale is a really good place to start. And I love your suggestion, Ken, about, hey, Dataverse for Teams is, is also included in your licensing and it's a great way to start out with the scalability in mind, I right? Mean, as you're building, it was up. from direct feedback from our customers, right? The reason why we now have Dataverse for Teams is because customers ultimately started complaining a little bit about the implementation of SharePoint and whatnot, right? And again, absolutely nothing wrong with SharePoint. SharePoint is a phenomenal product. In fact, I would say that SharePoint is the backbone of M365, of the office suite, mm -hmm. right? Like you cannot have anything, Teams, Viva, anything, OneDrive without SharePoint. It is absolutely core to everything. However, direct feedback again from the customers is that they wanted a more structured approach and something that was specifically tailored to Power Platform so that they didn't have to necessarily worry about, oh, say SharePoint security or if is this site particularly open or you know things along those lines so Sean thoughts no look just like Wendy I have a real soft spot for SharePoint I think SharePoint is awesome what I also think is a crucial point of SharePoint not you know I mean yes yeah, CRM it is fantastic right but I think workflow when I think mm -hmm. of SharePoint right like I think those two things are maybe not synonymous but I think it is a major driver in SharePoint, especially from approval workflows, notification workflows, when you start working with libraries and things like that. And I think, you know, when you start building those connections into Power Automate, it should click, right? And you should be like, oh my goodness, like, look at what I can do in Power Automate. Look how easy it is in Power Automate. And then look at the extensibility in here and then go into the other bits of Power Platform too. And you're right, you know, not even just looking at the Dataverse side of it, but, you know, as an end user, what is the experience and what can I offer to other people in my organization if I'm building out solutions to work alongside SharePoint? I think that's where it really, really shines for Power Platform and SharePoint. Once again, 
it's a better together story. And I think it's one that will be told for a very long time. One last thing to add here before we wrap up is, I think you kind of said it in terms of workflow, but team productivity. And when you get to a point where you're looking at scalability beyond your team and that collaboration layer, and you're looking at security, Dataverse has more of the security features, right? Down to the specific, at least row, I believe, as well, if not further than that. And so being able to protect your data, being able to control that and not have to do it in some kind of haphazard management way where you're you know, almost breaking the collaboration layer of your SharePoint list is something to keep in mind as well. So if it's kind of that collaboration teamwork I think SharePoint can, you know, smaller use SharePoint can be a good fit, but if you're really looking at a larger scale enterprise solution, or you're looking at things outside of your team, that's where Dataverse can come into play very strongly as well. Yeah, I agree with both you and Sean said, I'm going to maybe plug the Power Platform Conference again. And, you know, whenever those things kind of come around, Power Platform Conference, M365 Conference, your local communities, your admin communities, your developer communities, and all those things. One thing I'd like to say, and I don't know if we've ever really touched on it, is get plugged in. Really start talking and getting plugged into the community. One thing I absolutely love, 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 love about Power Platform and Dynamics is the community that we have. You can post something to Twitter, some PM, some community person will come back to you like probably within five to 10 minutes, they'll respond. You can post to something on, you know, I mentioned Twitter, but there's WhatsApp groups going on. There's community forums, there's community meet events, right? There's all of these different things. This is just such a loving, nurturing and supportive community, right? It is probably unlike any other thing that you ever experienced. So if you don't think that you're you know, you're welcome, or maybe you think that it's going to be intimidating. Take the first step and come in, right? And you'll be just welcomed like you're an old friend. That's my my plug right there. I second that. That is, yeah, the community rocks. Uh, long story short, the community absolutely rocks. But uh, hey, listen, we're coming up to the end of this episode, but I've got a lot more questions, not even questions, but things that I've overheard. And I would love to get both of your opinions on it. I'm sure you're in the same boat. So what are your thoughts on if we do a part two of this type of topic? Let's do it. All right. Fantastic. Sounds great. Yep. All right, everybody. We'll see you for part two of what I've heard on the streets for Power Platform. All right. We'll be right back.